Welcome to the Basketball Index Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, talking to Krishna, and we are doing part two of trade proposals. We had enough fun doing the first episode, and so we decided to do a second one. So Krishna is back with, uh, he's been scheming up some pretty crazy trades. Uh, Krishna, how you doing? And uh, you run these through the trade machine this time? Uh, yep, I'm, I'm ready to go. I got some, uh, got some interesting trades, and uh, I might have a troll trade. A, tro- a troll trade. That sounds like a Danny yeah, Vito I trade. I, I mean, <laughs> I say I'm saying a troll trade because it's the trade would never happen, and I honestly don't think we should bother really discussing it. But um, I just want to get it off because uh, I see a lot of uh, Warriors fans mentioning that James Wiseman should be playing more. So my trade here is basically let's get James Wiseman playing more. Let's get uh, let's lean into Kaminga and Moody, and let's have uh, you know let's let Poole have his own team and uh, let's trade Steph Curry to the Raptors. Steph Curry to the Raptors. All right, what is the return for Steph Curry to the Raptors? Uh, it's basically every pick the Warriors have, um, and uh, Steph, Looney, and Dante for Porter, Van Vliet, Gary Trent, Scotty Barnes, and all of the Raptors picks. So it, I don't think we have to discuss this trade much because it would never happen. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So like wait, said, both the teams right? are swapping all of their picks. Um, the the Warriors are giving all their picks. Oh, sorry, the the Raptors are giving all their picks. Oh, the okay, yeah, you said Warriors. Uh, okay, so just the oh, Raptors. The Raptors are sending all. So the Raptors are sending all of their play, most of their players, and all of their picks. Uh, they'd have no. They'd have Siakam, OG. Um, and yeah, they'd have Siakam OG and whoever else is left. Um, the, they have Porter. So in the trade is Porter, Van Vliet, Gary Trent and Scotty Barnes. It's more to make the math work, uh, for, you know, the trade, uh, as to why like Trent and Van Vliet are in there. But the main piece is obviously Barnes. Um, and you can get Barnes and Wiseman and Moody and Poole. And uh, and Kaminga and uh, and let's start the next era of Warriors basketball. Youth revolution. Okay, so I want to just spin this off for a second into what do you think Scotty Barnes' trade value is right now? Um, I'm glad you asked this question because this is a much more interesting question than my troll trade. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I think that's a really good question. I I do think um, he's he's had a disappointing second year. Um. But we've seen this in the past with like a lot of players who are great in their rookie years. They have sophomore slumps. So I don't think you should use this year to necessarily um, change your value on bar. I mean, you, you, obviously you want to update your value because like you're getting more data. But I don't know that you want to necessarily be like way lower on him. The one thing I would say is that I don't think his shooting has been very good this year. And we're now starting to get to a point where you have a decent amount of data on his on his shooting. And you'd be a little worried about that um, in terms of his like his overall value in terms of like, um, okay, so is he more of a, um, like obviously he's gonna become more of a playmaking wing. Um, and, but in terms of like fitting on a championship team, um, it's going to be a little harder with the lack of shooting, right? Is he, uh, uh, is he Andre Iguodala? 
Oh, that's interesting. Um, I still think he's got a, the potential of a higher ceiling than Iguodala, but I mean, that's like, I think Iggy is like one of the all time underrated players, right? Like this guy's won a finals MVP. Um, you know, what's funny about Iggy is I thought for sure, like back when I first started watching basketball and he was on the 76ers, I was like, this guy is for sure going to get overpaid because he's just a, he's a really good athlete. He has an interesting skill. He kind of was like Lamar Odom to me a little bit where there's like a lot of other timelines where him and Lamar Odom go to bad teams and they get force fed the ball and they average like 23 points a game and like their team isn't very good. But the I could understand why someone running a team like sees something in them because they have like a wide variety of skill sets. But yeah, I don't know. I so Scotty Barnes, so just some numbers here. So through a year and a half, basically, he's shooting 30% from three, which again, that can improve, but that's that's not great. And there's a dip in two point percentage this year, and just across the board, like you said, it has been disappointing, especially from a scoring standpoint. He's averaged 15 points a game last year and this year, so like the volume's the same. Um, but that that is tough when the three point percentage. I mean, one more year of this, and it's like, well, this just might not be a skill he has. Yeah, I I mean. Look, players get better as they age with their shooting, right? Like, um, but it just takes a long time. And, um, like, eventually Barnes might develop into an adequate three-point shooter. But, like, I, I, it feels to me like it's safe to say he's not likely to be, like, anywhere there in the next few years at least, right? Would you trade three first-round picks for Scotty Barnes? Um... Uh, that's interesting. I would not. Um, I honestly don't like it. It feels so. Like to me, if the easy answer seems no, right? Would like, you trade two first round picks for Scotty Barnes? Um. Oh yeah, that I would. That I'm interested. I'm interested in that because so there, there's like an overvaluing. I've talked about this. I think we might have talked about it in the last episode where like having a bunch of first round picks is really exciting. But if you don't draft anyone good, it's a bit problematic. Or if you don't know where those picks are going to land in the draft, like if they're 29th overall picks, they're not nearly as valuable as like a high end lotto pick. But two picks for Scotty Barnes, I think I would do that. I definitely think I would do that. But three might be a little too rich for me. Uh, interestingly, uh, Barnes's LeBron is actually higher this year. Um, it, it, there's a big jump on his offense. Mm. The defense is mostly around the same. I mean, he did go from averaging three and a half assists to five assists. So that could be part of okay. it. Okay, that's probably likely the reason. Um, yeah, so I... I I think uh, I would, you know, like to me, I, I always have trouble, honestly, evaluating like the part about like where a guy's going to end up. Like <laughs> that, that's what gets people paid, right? Like that's what gets a GM paid is being able to evaluate where a guy's going to be in three years, right? I mean, that's what's keeping the crystal ball factory in business. Yeah. So um, honestly, like, like I think I would – um, bet on him because you know he he seems like a 
well, more than anything, honestly, he seems like a smart player. And I feel like that that type of player I would want to bet on. I do like smart players. Um, seems like a high effort, high motor guy, which I also really like. So he's, I don't know, he's an interesting guy. Interesting guy. He's only 21 years old. I feel like we can't really write off anything yet because he's so young. But I do think it's interesting trying to assess, especially young players' trade value. All right, Christian, let's move would, on would to. Would trade for Steph Curry? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Would you include him in a trade for Steph Curry? Uh, yeah, I think you would. I think you would have to include him in the trade. I feel like if I'm Golden State, I'm like I'm not budging until I'm getting Scotty. Uh, let's move on. What do you got for your next uh, trade? I don't know if we said this at the beginning. These are trade proposals. These are not real trades. You know, I'm like putting that disclaimer nine minutes into an episode. But yeah, let's go. Uh, what's your next uh, trade proposal? Um, no, it's actually real trades. Steph Curry has been traded to the Raptors <laughs> for Scotty Barnes and two <laughs> first round picks. Um, yeah. Um, I, by the way, if, if we had that Steph Curry trade and people don't know that they're fake trades by now, I, I feel like it caused a heart. We're getting sued because someone had a heart attack listening to the episode. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's, let's go with a real trade here. Like not a real trade, but not like a real a, trade. Not, well, hold on. Disclaimer, not a real trade, not a real trade, but something that's not realistic like, trade, realistic and something that um would be uh some would say so good you could maybe put in the uncanny valley of trades yeah and and something that would, wouldn't be a massive f you to a fan base uh, <laughs> um okay let's go with um so this one i thought was um we're, we're gonna stick with the raptors here i think um you know they've been talking about trading og so uh, let's get OG to Memphis and let's trade J- Dylan Brooks, uh, Zaire Williams, and I wasn't sure how many picks to add to that. Um, I had two firsts and a second, but I don't know if that's too much. That honestly seems to me like too much. That seems like too much because Dylan Brooks that- is a pretty – as much as we – are very frustrated with his offense. He is a a high end defensive player. Yeah, the um I think the reason so that to me is more so to me I agree with you that's too much, but I think if I were talking about what's likely to happen, I feel like it, there would likely be more picks included than we would think. So what the trade is, is it is OG Ananobi to Memphis. And then in return, they get Dylan Brooks, Zaire Williams. You're saying two first rounders and a second rounder. Yes, uh, two first rounders and a second. So one of the first rounders would be Golden State's uh, first rounder in 2024. Um, I don't know if there's like any protections or anything like that. I, I'm just kind of using the trade machine. So I, I haven't looked up that part, but... And the other would be their own first this year, which is going to be a pretty low first. And uh, a second rounder in 2024, which would be via Indiana, Utah, or Cleveland. So it is two lower first round picks and then then a second round pick. Um, Although maybe the Golden State pick next year won't be low, uh, especially if they've traded Steph Curry by then. So. Okay, so I think the first thing is, well, when you initially said OG to Memphis, my initial thing was like, well, they don't need more defense. They're 
I don't know if they're still at the top in terms of defensive rating, but they're an extremely good defense. It's pretty deep. And they're about to get Danny Green back, where we'll see what he has left, but been a fantastic 3-and-D guy his whole career. He's back. Yeah, I know, but like he's got to play for like a month for us to like come up with any... <laughs> like because uh, he tore his ACL at like 33 years old where it's like was this the cliff I don't really know um, okay, but okay. Dylan Brooks like that he would he would fit into Dylan Brooks's role the problem is like the it seems like Dylan Brooks is one of the leaders of that team and yeah. trading the leader of your team is tricky Um, honestly I don't know how much OG over Brooks would improve the team like um it would improve their shooting it would improve which is their biggest weakness yeah and i also feel like just getting brooks off the team would maybe improve their decision making uh yeah and just their (laughs) overall offense and yeah you could you i mean he might improve their defense i'm not sure yeah i i think you could definitely argue to improve their defense um uh OG is certainly guarding like the most difficult matchups and which Brooks does as well. But um my, bigger... my point is when they're doing those dumb dances in the in the tunnel coming out, Dylan Brooks is normally standing in the middle of the dumb dance. Yeah. I, I mean <laughs> I'm sure Memphis's players wouldn't be too happy to see Brooks go, but um hey, you might not have to worry about him getting people or... in the balls rolling around on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> you said it not me uh, um, I, I that trade is a really interesting trade so just recapping it one more time it's OG Ananobi going to Memphis and in return they get Dylan Brooks Zaire Williams two firsts and a second that is an interesting trade I definitely would do it if I was the Memphis GM I'm just not I'm not sure what like the real world implications of the locker room would be yeah um I and I I think uh, to me, the interesting part of this trade is like figuring out how many picks go back to the Raptors. I honestly, like, I I feel like the Raptors would end up getting. I I think if that trade happens, we're gonna find that the Raptors got more picks than we probably think they should. Um, so sometimes, sometimes you trade Rudy Gobert for as much as I like the Rudy Gobert trade. They traded five first round picks, and I remember reading it on my phone and being like, oh, "Just off, like without thinking about this trade at all." That seems like one too many first round picks, like just at minimum, like before I even analyze the trade. Yeah, and I think the other thing to keep in mind is that, like, uh, so the Pelicans are interested in OG. Uh, basically, he's going to be one of the most. There's going to be a lot of teams interested in him, right? Like, there's not a lot of three and D wings, and so I think between like all of the teams probably submitting offers to the Raptors, you're just going to end up overpaying um, to get them. So um, I, I guess consider the extra first round in there kind of the price of, of getting somebody like OG. Yeah, uh, I think so. Cause like, yeah. Cause like I was going through my top 75 players and OG is, is in the top 75 and I was trying to figure out the trade value of every single player just going down really quickly. I was just doing it by first round picks and when you start to get to that three and D range, it starts to get a little tricky on players value. But I had two first round picks for him. Another player that's similar, like Mikel Bridges, where it was like probably two first round picks. And like there's obviously some players have to come back. So some, a player of some value. So I think like two picks and a, a Dylan Brooks, I, I do think makes sense. So that trade uh, would and be I, a fun one. 
Yeah, I also had Zaire in there um, just to give them kind of like a look at a young player. I uh, saw Zaire airball back to back threes the other night. So my uh, my recency bias is not very high on him right now. <laughs> um, yeah. And and so the, I we do know that the Raptors have been offered three first round picks for OG. Uh, I think we already know that. So in this case, um, I guess you're looking at Zaire as like a first round pick. Do you know and, what? Uh, have you ever heard it's something like in Spain it's where they feed pigs nothing but acorns or something and then the meat is like very fatty and incredibly rich yeah I don't I can't remember what the word there's a word for it and uh giving up three first round picks for OG is the equivalent of like that meat in terms of richness where I'm like I think it's a little too expensive I shop at grocery outlet a lot I don't know if you've ever been there but uh, I need a. I, I'm not willing to pay full price, or even like what? What's the opposite of a sale? Uh, uh, what is it on uh, on Uber? The the crunch pricing. Uh, wait, are you, so you're saying the opposite of a sale? So it's like we're paying like $20. surge pricing. I feel like there's surge pricing right now on OG. Uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Um, I mean, like. Well, actually, I should say we don't actually know that there's been three first round picks offered for OG. I mean, you just maybe said there was. Well, hold on. that's what's been reported. But like, at, like we, ha- you have to always consider like where these reports are coming from. It's right? a smokescreen like, for another smokescreen. Yeah, it could be like it could be coming from the Raptors saying that we've been offered three first round picks to get other teams to offer, you know, increase their offer or something. You don't know with like. Well, like if, if we're throwing reports out there that may or may not be true, the Lakers have been offered four first round picks for Russell Westbrook. So that's your price at the market. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, they, Rob should definitely be telling people that. <laughs> uh, let's move on. What do you got for your next uh, trade proposal? Um, okay. Let's stick with the um, let's stick with the Raptors here again. Okay. <laughs> Christian, this is like your like seventh Raptor trade proposal. Well, Hold on. So I think that this one is really this is the last one I have, by the way, for the Raptors. So we can move on. We're going to lightning uh, around this one. And and by the way, for the for the record, the first one was a joke trade. It was not a real proposal. Lightning round. It was not a fake trade proposal. Um, OK, so the, the one I got here is OG and Trent for Porter Jr. and Highland and Bones. OG and Trent for Michael Porter and Bones. I mean, I would, I would definitely do that if I was Denver. Uh, Wait, have you seen the reports on Bones Highland? They're crazy. Like the way they're wording it, they're just like, this guy's gonna be out of here no matter what by the end of the week under any means necessary. Um. Well, so I mean, obviously the big piece here, going back to the Raptors, would be Porter, right? I think the Nuggets would also be sending uh, picks. I don't know how many picks you think they need to send. Maybe another first or two firsts i don't know i wasn't really sure um i just thought it was an interesting trade in terms of like uh it actually like porter jr so he's got obviously massive injury concerns right but he would help them a lot offensively um he is a very good three-point shooter yeah like the raptors are not they don't have any three-point shooting And, and then adding something like porter on that team would help a lot um and adding bones would add some creation for them right like it would help them uh you know it help them add some shot creation um and you know you would get uh the only you know I, I don't know how you feel about porter's contract but you'd have him for five years um 
<laughs> yeah, so. for the next eight years. <laughs> so, uh, uh, all right. Yeah, well, so I would definitely say if I was Denver, I would take that. You probably have to send some picks back for that to ultimately make sense. But because uh, that, that Porter contract is so massive. But uh, that's an interesting one. Just kind of the that would be the bones of the trade, right? I think you'd fill that out with picks later and then maybe some additional players for, you know, if you want to if Toronto's trying to get off a salary or something. But, yeah, the, the bones of that trade are, are I would say, at least interesting. Um, but it's also a pun because bones is in the trade. Why? <laughs> yeah, you were doing that intentionally for sure. No, I. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, I my language processing skills are not great. I'm almost never doing puns on purpose, but uh, I'll back into them sometimes. All right, what's your next trade? Um, okay, so wait, how many picks do you think would have to be included going towards the Raptors? You're adding two picks, I guess. Probably. Okay. Um, yeah, to me that makes sense. Like two picks. Uh, uh, I don't know like, what Michael Porter's value is. Michael Porter's value is very, very, very strange right now. Yeah, I'm not really sure either. It's not even that. a number. It's like a, it's like a, you know, when Prince changed his name to a symbol, and people yeah. are like, "Well, I don't know how to say that." That's what Michael Porter Jr.'s trade value is right now. It's like some sort of symbol on your keyboard. Yeah, I have no idea what it is. Um, I think that's why I struggled with how many picks would be included because I feel like coming off of uh, was it. No, not last year because he was out for a lot of the year. But the year before. Um, he was nuts the year before. And he shot like 43% yeah. so, from three. Yeah, exactly. And I think he had much higher value certainly back then. So like you saw – so that that's what makes Porter's value kind of tricky. And he's obviously had a lot of injuries. There's the back issues uh, coming out of uh, high school, I think. So um, – but I, I think two picks make sense. And honestly, for the Nuggets, like you're getting OG and you're getting Trent and like those guys feel like they would fit pretty well around Jokic. Um, and you're getting rid of Bones who they want to get rid of. Um, so Absolutely. All right, let's move on. What's your next trade? Um, okay. If you say Toronto, I swear I'm just going to I'm going to unplug your microphone. <laughs> Um, no, I had a net Sixers Spurs three-way trade here that, um, I didn't, I wish I, I wish I kind of thought about this a bit more because like I was, I, so I heard, uh, I think there was, uh, a report about like, was it from Mark Stein or Tim McMahon? Uh, no, it wouldn't have been Tim McMahon, uh, Hoop Collective, or maybe it's Mark Stein. One of them were saying that. Um, the Nuggets and Sixers discussed a Bones for Thibel trade, I want to say. Oh, man, that would have been that would have been an uh, amazing well, trade for the, the Sixers. Trade. That's not just so I just kind of built it out from that. So I have Bones going to uh, I actually have him rerouting. Oh, wait, hold on. You said you said the Sixers, Brooklyn and San Antonio. Who's in this trade? No, no, I said the Sixers, Nuggets and Spurs. Oh, maybe. OK. Um, so Sixers, because, Nuggets, and Spurs three-way trade. Yeah, because so like I, as I said, like I think Stein mentioned that the Nuggets and Sixers discussed, or maybe they didn't discuss, uh, a Bones for Thibel swap or something like that. So I kind of built it out from that, and I had the Nuggets getting, uh, and I don't love this for the Nuggets honestly. I'm I'm not totally sure, um, but then again, Bones is on his way out, so. 
maybe this is fine for the Nuggets. They get Thibel and Harrell um, on their end. Um, the Sixers get um, Jakob. And uh, the Spurs get uh, Springer, Highland, and the Sixers second. Hmm. Okay, so the Spurs are giving up Jakob Pertl, their center. Yep. They're getting back Bones. And, yeah, and Jaden Springer from the Sixers and the Sixers' second-round pick that's uh, actually, the, sorry, the, yeah, that's owned by the Hornets. So it's a, it's oh, so it's a good second-round pick. Oh, you've been trying yeah. to trade that thing for weeks. Um, yeah. So the Spurs are getting, they're giving away Jakob Pertl. They're getting back Bones in a good second-round pick because it's Charlotte's second-round pick. Okay, that's yeah. honestly like a pretty good return in my eyes. The Sixers, what are the Sixers getting? Um, they're getting Potal. So they're getting, okay. yeah, they're here. So I they're getting a backup here. center. Exactly, yeah. And then because the Nuggets? Are getting Thibault and Harrell. So you're trading Montrez. Bones away for Thibault and Montrez Harrell. And Montrez Harrell would be your, I guess, like Eric Gordon. He'd be like your backup big. He'd back up Gordon he, and They Joker. don't really have a backup center unless you... Like they're not playing DeAndre anymore. Much as Harold's six seven, so if you want him to be your backup center, good luck. I, I don't love him as a backup center. I, I do mean, love him finishing plays though, because he is very good at that. Yeah. I mean, look, the Nuggets backup center right now is Zeke Naji, I think. So um it's not like Harold's that much <laughs> like defensively. Um obviously, you know, I, I think he's a good regular season player. Um, I agree. I also I I know he struggled in the playoffs, but in terms of just having energy and a spark, I think he could even be useful in the playoffs for short spurts. Yeah, and and it depends against like which team you're playing him against. Obviously, against uh, ironically against the Nuggets, he struggled, but he would not be worried about guarding Jokic because Jokic would be his teammate. Mm -hmm. And so. all of his his it would all be offensive pop. It's not defensive value. Oh, oh, yeah, that's yeah. tough for the Nuggets, though, because you're losing Bones, who can create, which is, is valuable. It's the most valuable skill. And you're getting back a defensive stopper in Thibel, who is very good at defense. Like, very, very good. And you're getting Montrezl. I, I would rather. So here. OK, so I kind of I was thinking I was kind of agreeing with you initially where I was thinking, I don't know if this is enough for return for the Nuggets. However, I was trying to think of, so they are, they seem to be interested in Thibault. And I do think, like, if you're looking for the perfect situation for Thibault, where you can try to get, squeeze out more of him on offense, I don't know if you're going to find a better place than the Nuggets. Like, he is, like, he, he can cut. And, like, you know, if you're playing with Jokic, you're going to get a lot of baskets cutting. So, um, yeah, the Nuggets are in an interesting position because they don't need three point shooting and they don't really need offense. So it opens up what they can acquire in terms of players that like traditionally might not provide enough value in other lineups. Right, exactly. Like I, I think Thibel can provide value to the Nuggets, uh, obviously more than he can to possibly any other team in the league. Uh, just because of like his offensive deficiency, like you have the type of team, and I mean, let's just be honest, they have Jokic, who can kind of make up for maybe some of Thibault's deficiencies on offense. Um, he's 
almost entirely useless on offense, right? <laughs> so, um, but they could use his defense, and I think that's where he would help. I, I kind, I'm kind of with you that it's not enough in return. However, given that like Bones is apparently feuding with Jamal Murray or something um, on Twitter yesterday, or I don't know, he, he whatever is going on, he seems to be on his way out. And everybody seems to know that. So I don't know how much value you're going to actually get for him. Like if everybody knows that you want to trade him um, and that you're, that you have to trade him, you're now just not going to get much value for him. Right. So I think like, I, I think a few weeks ago you or like, what, what was it a week ago where you suggested bones for Caruso? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know if the nuggets could get that anymore just mm-hmm. because everybody knows they have to trade him. Mm. yeah yeah that definitely doesn't help it definitely does not help well that's an interesting three-way trade because it makes sense for the sixers because they've been trying they, they desperately need a backup center it is interesting for the nuggets because they do get a defensive stopper which is what they need and the spurs get bones who's a pretty interesting offensive player who's very young who's only in the second year so that i think three-way trades are honestly harder to do than the two-team trades so uh, i'm gonna give you uh, you know your props for that one you got anything else for trade proposals um yeah uh, I'll, I'll just add that like out of the three teams in that trade proposal i do think the nuggets would probably be the team most likely to say no um just because like i think i know the spurs want two first round picks uh for for portal but um they would, I mean, they're getting bones. But they and, won't get that, so. Yeah, I don't think they will, and they're getting a pretty decent haul for a guy who can who can leave. Uh, last one, and I know you'll love this one, um, it, and we were kind of talking about this a bit um, before the pod. It was uh, a Lakers-Nets trade where uh, the Nets trade Kyrie and Simmons to the Nets us to the Lakers for Westbrook, Beverly, and their two first-round picks. I think the Lakers say yes, right? I think we both agree with that. Yeah, right? absolutely. So I, I do say yes. What the trade is, is it is Brooklyn shipping out Kyrie and Ben Simmons, and the Lakers are giving up Russell Westbrook, Patrick Beverly, and two first-round picks. I would love that trade for the Lakers. What's I think the most interesting, we talked about this broad for like I don't know, 20 minutes before the episode, Ben Simmons trade value because he is making, I believe, $35 million this year and he is averaging seven points a game, which is tough. But he is, D-LeBron is two. And so for those of you that don't know D-LeBron raw values, why would you? That is very, very good. That is really high-end play. That is like all defensive team value. So Ben Simmons is back to being a fantastic defender, but offensively, there's a little bit of playmaking, and there is a very, very small amount of scoring, like an Alex Caruso amount of scoring. So that's tough at $35 million a year. Yeah, I think that so the big thing with this trade is how much do you value Ben Simmons? Is he a contract that you're now just trying to dump or do you still have like do you still want to keep him um and i guess hope he recovers some of his value because i do think like a few years ago there's no way you would do this trade um i mean obviously philly got and i know this is a 
was a weird situation, but they got James Harden for Simmons, right? So, um, like, if he rebuilt his value, there was no way you would do this trade. But um, the offensive, so, like, the O-LeBron, um, so if you look at his O-LeBron from, um, actually, if you just look at his career, O-LeBron, it's a very fascinating uh, progression, or actually, I'm saying progression, I should say regression. Nice. Uh, yeah. Because it goes from, so his rookie year, 0. 0.64, um, second year, 0. 0.71, third year, 0. 0.45, uh, fourth year in, in 2020 to 21, 0.07. So he was still a slight positive on offense in his last year with the Sixers. And then this year, it's minus 1.26. That's a, a pretty massive uh, decline. So and basically, that, to sum that up, prior to the injury, he was a slight positive every year. And then post-injury, he is a very large negative. Yeah. And so that so the question is, do you think he can get back to uh, honestly just being a zero on, you know, in O'LeBron? No. Uh, can he get back to that level? And if he can, then you, you know, you probably don't want to do that. But um, But then the other thing is like, if you're trading Kyrie and you're now worried that Katie might be requesting out and you're now finding yourself in a rebuilding situation, then I don't think the Nets have any use for Simmons. So it would make sense to include him in this trade. Um, and yeah, so I don't know. Do you think Simmons value is like, to the point that we're like, we should just be, this is actually cap dump. They're just cap dumping. Like you're trying to get off the contract. Well, because prior to the injury, he was a two-way player that was an all-defensive level wing stopper, basically, that was very versatile. And now you have essentially a defensive specialist that can pass a little bit. And that is not worth $35 million. That's worth like, I don't know, like $16 million. (laughs) So that's, it's one of the worst contracts in the league. And I don't think this is going to get better because he is someone that is bad at shooting who doesn't even attempt three pointers. So like there, I don't see a jump there. And he's had back surgery, which is never good. So I, I don't I don't think he's going to get more athletic. <laughs> so I, I I hadn't thought about this, but I think if you're the Lakers, you do it because you have a problem where you're not really going to be able to add value to your team because you're like if, if you retain Kyrie, you're already so far over the cap. I think it's a really interesting trade because, yeah, if you're Brooklyn, you get off that contract. And if you're the Lakers, you're like, okay, Ben Simmons is now slotted in as the fourth best player on the team that doesn't really need to score because we have Kyrie, LeBron, and AD. And if you're the Lakers front office, you're like, well, we can we can afford this uh, surge pricing <laughs> because it makes sense to the team. And then you have a defense with AD and Ben Simmons, which I think would be really interesting. So I think this trade makes a lot of sense. It would help. Well, actually, I don't know. I was thinking about the draft capital going back to the nets where you're getting two first round picks which is good and they're really far off and they're 27 and 29 so like lebron might like i would imagine won't be in the league (laughs) or he might be i don't know so what's interesting is like what is Kyrie's value right now because he's going to be a free agent and he's it seems like if you're trading for him it's 
he's a very volatile person, so it's very unclear if he's going to stay with your team or not. And if he does stay with your team, is he going to tear it apart? I don't know. So like I, I actually went through, I ranked the top 75 players, and then I tried to just roughly assess how many first-round picks each player was worth. What do you think Kyrie is worth in just first-round picks? Uh, <laughs> I <laughs> Honestly, I have no idea because I think like there's all the off-court stuff with him. So like if you were going strictly on the court. Well, I, will, I will also say we basically never talk about off-court things on this podcast because we're an analytics company. But with Kyrie, you'd be crazy not to bring that into your calculation. Yeah, I, I think that's what makes it kind of tricky. Like, And, and I don't want to really get into like the off-court stuff. But like I think actually we were having an interesting debate about him just on court, right? Like where would you slot him in as like is he a top 20 player um you know as as just looking at him just if, but here's but, the thing i we we're having that conversation but i don't think it matters because there's never going to be a situation where it is just on court like it will not be the rest of his career yeah no i i agree with that like i and like <laughs> when we were discussing this uh, before the pod, we were discussing like where would he rank if you're just looking at on court value, but like that doesn't matter in terms of like a trade. So I think um, it's probably twentieth. I think for me, but then with the it's he's probably down to about thirtieth with you know real life factored in, and so basically we're gonna work from he's the in my mind around the thirtieth best player in the league. And for first round picks, he's not young and his contract is up at the end of the year. So I think he's probably worth two first round picks. I would be uncomfortable going past that. It would be difficult. There's worlds where you can trade three first round picks, but like you're not going to trade five first for Kyrie, even if he was on like a five year deal, because it just it doesn't make any sense to. Yeah, well, I, I think the thing is like so he's got only one year left this um, year. Yeah, this year, and then you have to sign him an extension. So honestly, I don't think he could. Um, yeah, so you know what? That's interesting. Like we're thinking, is he? How old is Kyrie? I was thinking, is he even worth like one first? Given, yeah, everything? he's worth one first. But so he's thirty this gonna, year. So if you give him a four or five year deal, I can. I don't. You might not be able to give him a five year deal if he's free agent. Four year deal, he'll be thirty one, thirty two, thirty three, thirty four. So that's there's there's a lot of risk there, not with just the being Kyrie, but also a 34 year old small point guard who's been battling injuries his entire career. Yeah, uh, I think so. I guess the way to look at this trade for the Lakers would be like, the, I guess the price of getting off of Westbrook's contract is essentially first. Um, right. Although you could argue because you're taking back Simmons now in this deal that. Um, maybe you don't need the second first in there. But again, that all comes down to like, we don't know, like we're not really sure what um, Simmons value is, right? Like, like I don't know if he's necessarily in that place where you're just trying to cap dump him. Um, I don't know if like, so, um, and, and with Westbrook, I think it's more, like his contract's obviously up at the end of the year, so it's a little bit more about um, the, like the total, you know, forty-seven million or whatever, right? Who's got so, Who's got a better contract, Tobias Harris or Ben Simmons? 
Um, oh, uh, I think Tobias has like one less year left or something like that. So, <laughs> is, that is that your only uh, is that your only determining <laughs> factor? Um, well, you know what? I like I actually don't really love like if I was thinking about this from the standpoint of like which player would I rather have in the playoffs right now? I think I would probably go with Tobias, right? Like they're making similar salaries, so I think we can just look at it as more of like a one v one comparison, right? So like I think like if I'm just talking about choosing between Simmons and Tobias now, I think I'd go with Tobias, wouldn't you? Yeah. Like he seems like a better playoff player. Tobias is making a little bit more money, but he only has this year and next year. Well, Ben Simmons' contract is longer. Um yeah, Tobias is like Tobias can score, which helps. He's not the defender Ben Simmons is, but um, depending on your team needs, he can score. I don't know. I just kind of thought of it, and I don't know who I would rather have. I think I would rather have Tobias Harris, but it's tough when you're paying him. What is the number? Thirty-seven million, and then thirty-nine million next year. It's just hard to fill out the rest of your roster. Isn't Simmons at thirty-five million? Yeah. So that's not that different. Uh, yeah, you got a little, you got a little extra cheddar to work with. Um. Yeah, so actually just comparing their Le- uh, LeBron this year, Tobias is at 0.94. Dude, have you ever and... looked at Tobias Harris's basketball reference page? He's been on so many teams. Yeah. Uh, oh, Simmons is 0.64. So, so Tobias is actually a little higher. Um, the main difference to me is like Tobias is positive on both ends. I think, like I honestly, I think Tobias is a pretty good like player if you just ignore the contract. Like, He's, if he was he making ten million dollars less a year, no one would really ever say anything bad about him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and like, and he's actually a really good like he can slot in. Uh, hey, do you think done, this is just worth it in Tobias Harris's life if he could have had a, had a time machine and he just took a discount? Do you think his life would be fundamentally better or worse? Um, if he took ten, same deal. It's just ten million less a year. So it's the idea that like he'd just be happier because like there's no criticism. Like I would imagine the last four years in Philly, there's been a lot of criticism going his way. And well, and also maybe you're not getting mentioned in trade rumors every other week. I guess like is that that could I'm, also be part of I, it. That might be worth it, right? Like you just not have like to have the mental piece of like knowing like oh I I get to just play in this city, don't have to worry about being included in trade rumors, don't have to see my name like mentioned in a trade rumor every other week every time you turn Uh, on local sports radio radio people are complaining or putting you on something so here's the thing it's it's let's just say it's a four-year deal i don't remember if you signed a four or five-year deal we'll say it's 40 million dollars half of that you lose as a tax man automatically so it's 20 million of ish dollars over like we'll say four or five years how much does that fundamentally change your life when you already have x amount of million dollars yeah i mean i i I would just take the mental happiness, right? Like I just, but you know, I guess other people might not. <laughs> uh, but I do love things. It would be nice to have a second yacht. If you know what I mean? So, um, I mean, I don't know how much does a private island cost? Is to could Tobias Harris buy a private island? That's what I want to know. Uh, pro- I'm going know. into his career earnings. All right, calculating, calculating. Stay with me. Does it say in here? Come on. Come on. All right. So he has made a hundred, about 175. Oh my goodness. Tobias Harris has made about $175 million in his career. And that's prior to this season and next season. So he's going to top 
Man, Tobias Harris has made so much money. It's crazy. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so Tobias Harris is well over $200 million. I mean, so you're losing that. So he's like, he has like a, probably like a, over $100 million in cash in his career, right? From when he, they got taxes. Like you're, you're getting into, you're getting into private island territory. Yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> I, I don't know. Cool. What I saw a private island. island the other day on Reddit. It was like, it had like a barn and it had a little lake. And I was like, wow, imagine having your own lake on your own island. Ooh, man, maybe it's worth the trade rumors. Are they selling private islands on Craigslist or something? <laughs> uh, I would I would definitely say if you see a private island on Craigslist, that might be a scam. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, anyways, getting back to the, the Simmons for uh, Kyrie and trade, I mean, I, I think like, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I think if I was the Lakers, honestly, the reason I think the Lakers – would be giving up two firsts is like they're, they're just stuck, right? They're like, it's almost a price. You're paying that price to just become unstuck to, to, to be able to actually compete with LeBron and AD, right? So, uh, and to actually keep LeBron on the team because I think he's only got one year left after this year, right? So, um, I think the Lakers two would years, probably, he's got two years after this year. Okay. Uh, I think the Nets, um, Honestly, the Nets situation depends on like what Katie's thinking. Like, if you're worried about Katie leaving, then you do uh, you definitely do this because then you. Um, well, you got to trade. You got to trade. You have to trade Katie second. You can't trade because you know what I mean. Oh no! You ha- you have to trade them separately. Yeah. No, no, but I'm saying um, you have to trade Kyrie first and then trade Katie because if you trade oh, Katie, yeah, no, then you're definitely. stuck with Kyrie. Yeah. Oh no! You definitely have to trade uh, uh, Kyrie first. Um, and also, the other thing is, like, even let's say Katie wants to stay, um, you still would be, I think they'd have a ton of cap space to be able to, like, pursue, like, uh, I don't know, like, I think Van Fleet's a free agent. There's some, there's probably some decent free agents, like, um, you can bring bring in Fred Van Vliet, um, and, uh, yeah, like, you could just kind of add to the team and try to just basically rebuild around Katie without um Simmons and and uh and Kyrie. Oh, and the other big thing factor that we have to also talk about, I think a big thing with trading Simmons is that you're also saying you believe in Nick Claxton. Because well, I, I, I shouldn't phrase it that way because obviously the Nets believe in Claxton, but to me it's more of a I don't like do you think Claxton and Simmons, like that pairing seems very odd to me in terms of like their ability to like play in the playoffs, like having both of them on the court where you have two guys who can't really shoot. I think you can have two guys that I, I think it's, I mean, you're getting so much defensive impact that it's probably worth it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually looking at the, uh, lineup stats now. Cause I'm actually kind of curious to see how they've done with both of them on court. Um, because it is like, like you, you basically, yeah, like you don't have any spacing from either of them, right? So, um, but then your defense becomes so much better. But I mean, that's always the trade-off, right? Like it feels like in every team we're talking about, we're like, well, they can either have more shooting or they can have more defense. And I think it's like a sliding scale on what is actually better, like depending on the situation, the surrounding players, the team you're playing, the year you're playing in. Like I feel like there's a lot there to 
kind of look at. And also just like that's some crazy defensive, not only value, but also versatility. So Christian, oh, yeah. do so you have I that number looked, before we wrap up here? Oh, I, I just wanted to add the numbers. Uh, I looked at those numbers. They're actually plus 8.78 uh, uh, in uh, 492 minutes. Uh, with both Claxton and Simmons on court together. I mean, they are so two all-defensive players, so, I mean, that's there's definitely going to be some value there. Yeah, um, I think the only thing is I just kind of wonder how it would do, how it would work against a, a playoff-level defense like you get a Miami or Boston or Milwaukee. Um, how does, like, that work, I guess? But, um, but then you, you know... Um, well, the other thing is if you've traded... Uh, Kyrie too so then you only have KD with those two um, you definitely need to get another offensive creator along with those guys um, so like maybe like if you sign like Van Bleet or something like that that's a pretty good team um, and I think you probably still have cap even after that uh, to be able to get somebody else so um, I think that trade like you, you could definitely talk yourself into it for the Nets yeah it would be interesting well, that was uh, – we've been inside the mind of Krishna. We've seen his uh, interesting trade proposals all around the league. Uh, my name is Taylor. You can find us at Twitter. I'm at Taylor Metrics. You are at Narsu3? At KNarsu3. At KNarsu3. It's close. And that's going to do it for uh, part two of trade proposals. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Basketball Index podcast.